Hey, what's what? Welcome in. This is the Friday edition of CHGO Bears podcast. My name is Adam Hogue alongside Nicholas Moriano. How are we doing today, Nick? Doing pretty well. Feeling better. The weather still sucks, though. So yeah. that kind of, you know, on a Friday, too, it's like we're getting to the weekend and the weather looks like it just started raining, actually. I know I was uh, loosely planning on actually doing the show outside, you know, get that kind of like happy hour Friday vibe going. Um, and then it just started pouring about 30 minutes before the show. So plans canceled back in the office. But uh, this is our Friday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast. And I got a lot to talk about today. Um, we'll focus on a couple players as we have all week long and we'll continue to do throughout the off season and, there were Bears players hitting dingers yesterday at Wrigley Field, so we'll discuss some of that as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano. If you're watching live on YouTube, we appreciate you. Welcome in. Thanks for giving us a part of your Friday afternoon. And uh, since you're here, you might as well hit that like button. There's really no reason not to. Make sure you're subscribed and have the notifications going so you know when we go live each day and I'll warn you ahead of time next week's schedule will be uh, a little bit all over the place with the uh, bears mini camp going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even more importantly than bears mini camp, Nick uh, Carmel summer camp also starts next week. Oh. So, uh, you know, you talk about two a days, here we go, here we go. Two a days. Um, when are you guys doing for the practices? Me, just for me. Yeah. I mean, the players don't have two a days, but I do because we're going to have Bears practice and then Carmel practice and somewhere so, in there fit in a live show here on CHGO Bears. Ooh, that's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. When are you guys planning on doing uh, your practices at Carmel? Uh, in the evening. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make it work. I'm excited for a lot of football next week. And uh, so our shows will be regular Monday at 1 p.m., mm-hmm. but uh, we'll still work everything out. So you want to hit that notification button so you're updated. And we'll also tweet out the schedule as well. So make sure you're following us at CHGO underscore sports and at CHGO underscore bears. Um, I actually wanted to start with this home run derby that happened yesterday at Wrigley Field. Yeah, it was. It looked like the Bears were having a lot of fun with it, and it wasn't like Justin Fields stole the headlines there. But Cole Komet ended up winning that home run derby, and you know it makes sense. He did play baseball, um, but I also saw Kahari blasting game. Yeah, you know, send one yard and Tevin Jenkins. So there were a bunch of guys that were able to get the ball out of the ball ballpark. Um, well, let's start with Fields, who um really should be in the lineup. Tonight for the White Sox at second base, in my opinion, um, or even at shortstop. I mean, shortstop is his position. I just don't want him to get comfortable there because Tim Anderson will eventually come back. Sure. And I just feel like the White Sox second base problem, which has been unsolved for so long now, um, really is right here in Chicago already and was at Wrigley Field yesterday hitting bombs. I, th- I think it's obvious. I mean, look. The the White Sox need some change, and if you can bring Justin Fields into the equation, why not? Why not do something? Because at this point, Adam, I'm so fed up with everything that the White Sox are about, and as a lot of White Sox If you watched the post-game show yesterday, man, you were in for a treat with Herb, Sean, Jared. Like, they, put, they put it into perspective exactly how all White Sox fans should be feeling after what happened in yesterday's performance. Yeah, that, that show yesterday was so good. Uh, Sean and Herb do such a great job, and Jared was on yesterday too. Um, there's a short clip I would recommend watching. It's on yes. the CHGO White Sox Twitter account, which I retweeted, so you can find it on mine as well. Um, and just, you know, Herb is so good. It's been it's so overdue that Herb is finally in a, a, you know in a place where he can do a daily show and unleash his White Sox uh thoughts because you know they come from a passionate but also intelligent baseball mm-hmm. mind uh and on days like yesterday that was a phenomenal show and, and really i think summed up not only like the fans side of it but like the also the baseball side of it and I'm, i i gotta be honest nick i've never seen 
I don't know that I've ever, I was trying to think of like managerial or even just in general, like sports uh, controversies with the head coach mm-hmm. where you, it was this unanimous against the decision that the coach made. And there was absolutely zero admission that it could possibly be the wrong decision by the uh, coaching question. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I mean, no, I I mean I, although I, we did just go through the Matt Nagy era, and I do feel like there was there were some times where things were questioned. Uh, but even like that ridiculous Browns game last year, like Nagy did mm-hmm. at least come out and be like, "Yeah, we could." You know, there's some things we could have done better. Yesterday was just like pure arrogance and stubbornness from the manager with not even a sliver of an open mind that what he did was crazy. And like there isn't a single person out there that agrees with him. That's the thing too. It's it's and he like tripled down. Like I listened to the post game press conference and he's like, Does did anybody think that was a, a bad idea? It's like everybody thought it was a bad idea, but he couldn't but even believe you. he was getting questioned on it. Exactly. So it, it's crazy. It might be because of his status, what he's already accomplished, but it was such, he had such confidence in the decision that he made intentionally walking someone on a one, two count and thinking that's exactly what you got to do when Max Muncy, you know, the next batter hits a three run Homer and you see what he says afterwards. It's like, man, you you're clueless. You are clueless as to what is going on. And that, that was just so upsetting. And just, again, doubling down, tripling down on the decision makes it so much worse. It's a, it's a really, uh, I, I just, it, it's, it sucks. It sucks because, you know, they're, they're not going to do anything about it. And no. you and I both were listening to the same exact thing driving home from our show yesterday, listening to the White Sox game in the car. And, the guy who should be managing the White Sox right now. Well, there's two people in my mind that should be managing this team. Uh, one does the post game show pre and post on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, Chuck Garfine, no, Ozzie Gian. <laughs> Although I would put Chuck in there right now ahead of ahead of TLR too. Um, Ch- Chuck could do a better job. Absolutely, he could. Ozzie, but yesterday on the radio they had AJ Przinsky in the booth with Lennon DJ and like. He just, it's so obvious how much he still loves just the game, loves and- the game, loves the White Sox, is a piece of the White Sox. And if you just listen to him for the two half innings he was on, and he was actually on for a really long time because it was that really long, like fifth inning or whatever it is, um, just knows everything. Like he inside and out, he, you just got to go back and listen to it, I guess. It was just, you're just listening to it, and I'm like, this is the guy. How do we get him in there? Can we get him in there? I tweeted by the seventh inning, and that was a mistake by me because we needed him in there by the sixth, not even the seventh. So I would just say it's a one oh eight today. There is still time before the seven ten start tonight against the Texas Rangers to get AJ Persinski in the dugout. Oh well, uh, I won't be holding my breath, but his personality would just match, I think, so well with this ball club too. But you know, we can wishful thinking right but yeah i completely agree um i know people are like where where's the where's the bears talk we'll get there we'll get there we had to get this off our chest though with the white Sox, just how upsetting it was and you know tying it back to baseball you had a great question adam about who would you who you would take between justin fields or cole Komet in terms of you know being on your team i i know who i'm taking well so Komet had a legitimate college background of mm-hmm. playing baseball and football at Notre Dame. Justin Fields was a very good high school player. Probably could have played beyond that at baseball, you know, in, in at the college level. And he stuck to being a quarterback, which was fine. Uh, Cole eventually flipped completely to football um, after dealing with some injuries. He was more of a pitcher yeah. uh, at Notre Dame. But he showed you yesterday he could hit bombs. So what was the final score? So Fields won the. Cole Komet won the home run derby. Yeah, Komet won the home run derby with three. Fields had two. two. Blazing game had two. But I have to say, to me, the most impressive thing was that Tevin Jenkins put a ball on Waveland. 
Yeah. That's a yeah, football player. I don't care how big he is. That's a football player who put a ball on Waveland. He was the only one to do that. And to bring this back to football, I found that significant because that means his back is doing just fine. Someone mentioned that in the comments too. Like, hey, it looks like Tevin Jenkins' back is looking pretty good if he's able to, you know, put the ball all the way out there. So that is encouraging. You will take that. And seeing, you know, your right tackle – Right tackle, right? You're right. You're starting right tackle. Do that is impressive for sure. So you're going to say you would take Fields. Oh, no. I'm taking Cole Komet. Oh, okay. Because I, I was going to say Cole Komet too. I mean, look, this is a guy and someone, uh, Brian on Twitter mentioned that he was the player of the year in baseball and football senior year. That senior year, he had 12 home runs, 45 hits, also went 10-1 as a pitcher and had over 61 innings pitched. Like, this is a guy... In high school is established, obviously played at Notre Dame. If you want a versatile athlete who can also catch, you know, a lot of passes in, in you know in the NFL, like I'm taking Cole Komet. Yeah. Um I think Swag though, like I mean, Justin Fields, like anything he does looks cool. Like it it doesn't matter. He could be playing chess and he'd make that look cool. Like that's just who he is as a person. I think the Bears missed a huge opportunity yesterday. I know they were trying to make this like an in-house team event. They could have streamed that thing on Facebook. Oh, well, loved Twitter, it. Twitter, the, the world would have just, it, they, they, it already went viral enough that Justin Fields hit that home run. But could you imagine if they were like actually showing the whole thing? And I'm sure they'll come out with some videos later. Mm -hmm. My guess is it'll be like one of those 1920 football drive episodes. But man, no if they had done that live, like, and by the way, our friends at DMVR, the Broncos had a home run derby at Coors Field and it was open to the media. So that got a ton of coverage. That would have been so cool. To, I mean, obviously we did our shows, a fun show. We had everything in yesterday's show, but being there kind of at Wrigley covering everything going on, that would have been, yeah. you know, insider stuff there. That would have been really cool, but but I'm not even talking about like from a selfish standpoint. Yes, it would have been great content for us, and the Bears probably want that for them, and I, that's fine. I just feel like they, they could have blown that thing out of proportion if they were live streaming a home run derby between Cole Komet and Justin. Can you imagine Tevin Jenkins going on Waveland live? Oh, man, people would have lost it. Oh, They would have lost it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, all right. Well, I'll take Cole Komet in the White Sox lineup tonight, too. Really Tevin, anybody at this point. It's just uh it's just kind of ridiculous. Uh all right, let's see. What do we got here? We got uh our friends at Points Bet that we need to tell you about. You may have heard of them, and this show is presented by Points Bet. You should be using that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. And that's not it, because if you make a fifty dollar more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. You can still do this, it unlocks all of our web contents. Uh, Nick has a story up today on Justin Jones going to the three technique uh, and what he can bring the Bears. So that's something you're going to want to read on our website at allchgo.com. And if you're not already a membership, you go to PointsBet, use that code, you get a free CHGO membership. And so it all it unlocks $2,000 of free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker. And all you have to do is make a $50 more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. PointsBet's new feature is the live NBA Same Game Parlay. You can build the perfect live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Get cracking with this tonight because you can boost those live Same, games par same Game Parlays too. Watch live, parlay live, boost live, all with points bet. Online signup is available in Illinois. They make it nice and easy for you now. You don't have to go through hoops. Just download the points bet app, register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. I have to tell you about our next partnership, one of my personal favorites, Owen, which stands for only what you need. This brand is a 100% plant-based protein company that gives you high quality and carefully selected ingredients to keep you functioning throughout your entire workday, and especially after an intense workout. In these protein shakes, you get your vegan omega-3s, your green superfoods like broccoli, kale, and spinach, and all these amazing ingredients reinforce what Owen stands for, only what you need. 
I've been using Owen for the last two years. I even got my girlfriend hooked on it. And if you're looking for a recommendation, I still have to go with the Pro Elite Chocolate Shake. Honestly, my favorite one. And what's cool is that I first heard, we all heard at CHGO about Owen from the guy that hit stingers, Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. When you use the code CHGO20, you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Again, that is 20% off with the code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join us here at CHGO and Justin Fields and try Owen, only what you need. All right. Uh, so we keep this Friday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast going. It is time to look at today's player grade from 2021. Um, let's roll with it. It is a corner back. Everybody's favorite, Kindle Bill Door. I wonder if this grade is actually higher than some people would have expected. Um but it was 0.93, which just barely gets him in the reserve uh, below the fringe starter level, but the reserve special team. The problem is, like, I think you can live with K- Kendall Vildor on your team with a grade like this, but not when you're asking him to be the starter. Uh, and that was kind of the problem last year, I think. I, to be honest, like, he had, I don't think the overall body work was as bad as it gets made out to be. But I think ideally, Kendall Vildor is a backup. And hopefully, that's what he'll be this year with Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson out there. Uh, maybe he gets in the mix at the slot position. But he was just asked to do too much last season is the bottom line. I think his confidence to Nick kind of wavered, went a little bit up and down. Um, and that was understandable given the position he was in. But when you play 17 games, start at 12 of them, and you only come up with four passes defended and zero interceptions when the ball was thrown his way quite a bit, um, it's just not good enough at the NFL level. I think the question now is, can he still be a solid backup? Nick, what do you think? I think he could be a good depth piece. And like you, I felt like because he was a starter, when he probably shouldn't have been, let's be completely honest there, he was a fifth-round draft pick going into his second year and asked to start. That's a lot for, for Kendall Vildor. I just think with how he played, there were just some... some. You look at the game against the Baltimore Ravens versus Tyler Huntley. He was targeted, Vildor, 11 times, gave up eight receptions in that game yeah. to a backup quarterback. And there was just some, there were some mismatches in that game where he's one-on-one with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews won that matchup. More times than not. And look, Mark Andrews is a really good tight end, but there was also times in that game where he's late coming onto the field. There's a ton of space on slant routes. There was a miscommunication that led to a 30-yard play. It's like, why is this always happening when Vildor's in the equation? That that kind of leaves a bad a, a sour taste, I think, in, in fans' mouth. And then the play that sticks out to me, it was against the 49ers. It was right before halftime. The 50-yard deep ball to Debo Samuel. Again, Debo Samuel is one of the best wide receivers in the league. But it's when some of these time, these plays happen that you think, oh, there's Kendall Vildor on the other end of things. And the Bears are up 13-6 right before halftime, Adam. A minute, 15 seconds left. 50-yard bomb. Then the 49ers get a field goal. So it's like, it's just not, he's given up these bigger plays in the worst of times. And that's what you kind of remember from Kendall Vildor, because I think he can be a depth piece on, on your team. But when you have these miscommunication errors, you're giving up these big plays and you are the starter. Well, that's how you got to get graded. And that's why people will see him as like someone that they don't want on the team. But I don't think that's the case. I think he can still remain on the Bears, but just not be asked to be that starting caliber corner. Yeah. And I don't know how much. um Fans have really been able to get to know Kendall Vildor. Uh, it he's kind of a product of this lack of uh, availability that we've had the last two years because of COVID and not being able to go in the locker room. Um, you know, he's remember he's part of the class that came in the COVID year. So mm-hmm. until last season, we never even got to see him. But I, th- I think in person. Um, besides on the zoom screen. And even that, ha- the, the point is he's not somebody too, as a fifth round pick from that class who didn't even really play much to last year. Um, 
and then he wasn't like he was the gun coming in the podium on a weekly basis, like Cole Komet has been really from that draft class. Um, you know, from what I understand, like he's somebody that is well liked on that team and works hard. And I, you know, they really wanted to put in a, if anything, they probably overvalued him a little bit. Um, and of course, the Bears went into last season with a lot of holes because of the cap situation that they were in, and they just really couldn't fill them all. And they were at, picked to pick a couple positions where they were going to have to roll really young and inexperienced. And unfortunately, one of those was that cornerback spot, and it really hurt them. Um, so I think that they asked a, a young developing player who, by the way, I think is pretty solid on special teams and can still be a good backup. They threw him in there too soon. Then his confidence took a hit. Uh, I still think he can play, but he needs to be put in the right position. He needs to be coached the right way. Uh, perhaps a scheme will help too a little bit more. Uh, but I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm still a little bit worried about the the uh, depth at corner, and that's what makes Kindleville Door still an important piece because you – Man, where I see it recently, I, I think a coach was talking about recently about how you really need to go six deep at defensive back. Like that includes the safeties, but you you better have six essentially starters. Um, and, and as you see from my grade here on Kendall Vildor, he didn't even grade out as a fringe starter, but yet was asked to pretty much start most of the season. Yeah, if that's the case, I mean, obviously you have Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, then you got to go Tavon Young. Thomas Graham and you put the safeties in that equation yeah. then Vildor's there but yeah too like for me whereas rookie season I spoke to his cornerbacks coach or a private cornerbacks coach Oliver Davis that was a guy that he worked with continuously throughout the offseason just to get better and to get gain that confidence and so Vildor's a really hard worker he's a good you know it seems like a really good guy according to um Davis who I spoke with and like you said, I think once you kept seeing the big plays happen, it, it kind of does take a boost. It takes a, a knock at your confidence. But if he's asked to do a a smaller role, then maybe you can gradually build yourself up as, as a corner because the biggest thing with being a corner, it's like uh, going back to Ted Lasso, you got to be like a goldfish. 10-second yeah. memory. 10-second <laughs> memory, forget about it, and come back uh, for the next play. Uh, my girlfriend and I watched that. I think that's episode two. She's like, Oh, I really like that analogy. You got to have that in sports. That's the that's the mindset you got to have as a corner. Forget about it. Go to the next play. And so, if Vildor can show that with this new regime, and someone mentioned, and you mentioned too, Adam, about having a more simplified defense, then you're just playing. You're not having to think as much, and that can go a long way from a guy that you know was a fifth round pick out of Georgia Southern. Well, and here's the thing: like I, I think if you I think his grade in 2021 would have been higher had he not been asked to be more than he really was going into that season. You know what I mean? Like, so if you, his, his 2022 grade could, I, I would imagine would just be higher um, based on if he's not asked to be the starter, you know what I mean? Like he'll play at a higher mm -hmm. level. And I give you a couple examples, spoiler alert here a little bit, but we'll get to these players eventually down the road. But like, Actually, one of them is a great segue because we're going to be talking about Travis Gibson. But Travis Gibson played at a – he graded out as a starter for me last season. But he also wasn't asked to be that go-to guy. Mm -hmm. So it still leaves a question, does he maintain or even continue to ascend when he's asked to play more in a, in a larger role, which he probably will. Same thing with Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert at running back graded out as – a starter didn't grade out anywhere near as high as David Montgomery, but still at a starting level. But if he's asked to play a whole season as a starter, does he maintain that? Those are the things that as you grade players out, you always need to keep in mind potential. And then you're always kind of juggling that with opportunity. Um, so maybe this is a good segue to go to Travis Gibson because Gibson was Will's uh, player profile today. By the way, you need to change that. Uh, your your thing behind you, the the whiteboard, it says Adam and Will are leaving me. That's from two Fridays ago. Now it should say, will Will ever come home? And the answer to that is no. So I could just put that on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I lost the eraser. So. Oh, no. 
Yeah, so that's and you uh, don't have any paper towels in your house, or no, obviously not. That that it needs to be that eraser, toilet and paper, I, and I need to move it like right behind me too, just so it's a, a better view, so I can write more because you can only see half of that because that's that's the side of a TV and the PlayStation oh, Five okay. I have there. But it's like, yeah, just need to put it right there and definitely change that message. Um, yeah, I just don't know if we. I mean, maybe Will is helping launch All City in Hawaii right now. Oh, that you that know. one we could travel to whenever, like and just stay there too. We'd have to have uh, more vowels in the four letter acronym, acronym there because there's so many in Hawaii. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So H W. We'll let Will figure it AI. out. I don't know there how you. I don't know how you would shorten that, but um, just you use know. your thumb, bro. Just use your hand. I could. <laughs> they, I, look, it's on me. I should have erased it. I'll do that for next. Friday show. <laughs> I noticed it the other day too, when we were when we were remote. All right, uh, but today was the player profile for Travis Gibson, which is unlocked for you. So um, if you're on the fence about jumping in with a membership and you you know you want to check out my Bears things column or Nick's um, story on Justin Jones, and you're like ah, I don't know. Well, you can go to you can go see. Will's player profile, all of these actually, and there's a ton. So many. But, uh, Travis Gibson is today's. It is unlocked for everyone to read. 16 games last season, nine starts, which may actually, you know, that a lot of that was because Khalil Mack was uh, hurt and out, mm-hmm. and Travis Gibson had to stand step up, and he he really did a, a good job. You know, a lot of talk about the seven sacks. He also had five forced fumbles. Like that's a that's a big deal. So this is a guy where he was he was delivering impactful plays um despite limited reps still. And uh this is in Will's piece from Pro Football Focus. Gibson's five forced fumbles were the second highest total of all edge players in the NFL last season. That's pretty good when you're not really a full-time starter. It also helps when you uh, face the Giants and Mike Glennon, right? I think it was like the very first play on defense and yeah. Gibson was able to dislodge the football there. But I really, and we, we were talking about it, now that he's most likely going to see more reps this season because he only played 489 there, um, Adam. And that was 46.2% of the defensive snaps. To compare that, Quinn, Robert Quinn, played 755. So about 71% of the snaps. So, Probably going to see Travis Gibson jump up there. Is he capable of that? You know, just from the sample size that we saw last season, I like what he's bringing to the table in terms of moves to kind of get to the quarterback. Um, he isn't just winning with one one kind of move. Like if you see the bend off the edge, like when he got Mike Glennon on his second sack, he has that. You'll see him fight through a block and stay on a direct path to the quarterback. He showed that against the Ravens and Tyler Huntley against Seattle in the snow. Um, he comes off a stunt, tracks down Russell Wilson, helps bring him down. When And when he doesn't get the sack, like he has those two passes defense. He got the PBU. That's one area where I'd like to see him kind of improve there. But he also has a swim move. Um, Use that on the left tackle, I believe, in week four against the Detroit Lions. So he's got a lot to work with. Now give him some more opportunities. Can that production increase for him to be a double-digit sack producer? I think so, Adam. I like what Travis Gibson is doing. And now he'll have his hand in the dirt, kind of what he what he was used to when he was at Tulsa. So going back to what he's more comfortable with, doesn't have to think as much in terms of what his responsibilities are. There's a lot of ways you could see Gibson kind of ascending as a player, but obviously we haven't seen it. So that's where the question mark lies. Yeah, and and I think I'm not I'm not necessarily concerned that he has to change positions again. I just I I do think it's something we have to keep in mind is happening because he was actually more of a five technique at Tulsa. It's not like he was a you know pure four three hand in the ground defensive end there. They were asking him to play a lot of five technique. It's good that he has that experience, so he you know it's even more of in the trenches than he'll necessarily have to do this year as a defensive end. But I actually do think this was another example, uh, obviously of good scouting by um, the previous regime. So most scouts are still here, of course, but um, 
you know, to, to target Tev, Tev, uh, Travis Gibson and then to look at him and say, okay. And I remember talking to Ryan Pace about this once. Like, he played well at Tulsa. We don't think he was in the right position, though. Mm-hmm. We're going to, you know, turn him into more of an edge rusher in this defense. It's going to take a while. And it did. It took a season. But then it seemed to be working. So now the question is, just how does it translate to this defense? Now, I agree with every, what you said, and I think what Will thinks, which is it should go okay. Like, he's still, the goal is still to get to the quarterback. You have to do it a little bit differently, but I think he does have the right technique, the right fun, fundamentals, and obviously he adapted from a pretty extreme change to do what he did as a rookie and then into year two, and this should be an easier transition. I also think it's a scheme that should uh, they're looking for guys to take the ball away. So if he's already one of those few guys on this defense from last year that was punching the ball loose and getting that ball loose, and this defense should provide even more opportunities to do so. So Will gives stat predictions in these. His prediction, he's obviously very bullish on Travis Gibson. 10 sacks, 45 total tackles, five TFLs, and four forced fumbles. Now, I don't think that those are crazy. Um, five forced fumbles last season. Realistically, probably going to be hard to match that again. But four, I mean, it's in a range or it's possible because he... The thing is, he should have more snaps overall this year, too. So, and he's playing in a very opportunistic defense. So, I don't think it's that crazy. Um, 10 sacks, I think that's a good goal. I think it's a good goal. I think I think if he gets 10 sacks, you're ecstatic. I don't, I almost feel like that's an unfair bar to put on him. But I do think it's attainable. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Seeing what he did last season in lim or not limited, but just not as a starter, but what he's capable of and what he's kind of shown. And if he translates well, like we think he is, then it is obtainable. I think with, with Travis Gibson, what, what also is something that needs to be factored in here. Like, yes, Akeem Hicks was not healthy for what I think nine games last season. But he was when he was there. How does that influence an offensive line when you're running these stunts? Like you have to go and put attention to Akeem Hicks. And when you run those stunts, yeah, you're going to be following 96 and maybe 99 is open a little bit more. So the guys on the interior, how does that also help the guys on the edges? You have Justin Jones, Angelo Blackson, maybe um, Tonga. Like, does that influence some of those interior offensive linemen to help as much? I don't know. So maybe there are, there might be more one-on-one opportunities, but less help that's going to be given to a Travis Gibson on some of those stunts and some of those things that they like to, to run there. So it's going to be, I think we'll put some stats that are definitely attainable for sure, but that's something else we got to also consider as we look at the defensive line and the quality of players that they have on it. Because, you know, there there isn't a lot of proven talent outside of Robert Quinn. And so that's, I think, a big thing, too. I also like this goes back to the value that Robert Quinn still has on this team. Um, I am not in the camp of people who say, take whatever you can get from them. Um, I do. I, I am in the camp of being willing to trade Robert Quinn if the timing and the market become right, maybe based on other injuries. Um, this will be one of the stories we're talking about next week, whether or not Robert Quinn is there at mandatory minicamp. I think that'll give us a better idea of, you know, his desire to still be on this team. But if he's at least willing to be patient and, you know, let's let things play out uh, with the idea of, Yes, sometime between now and the trade deadline, if the right opportunity, the right market develops, we will move you to a team so you can make a run at a Super Bowl. In the meantime, let's not forget about the value Robert Quinn could still have as a veteran on players like Travis Gibson. And Gibson's been here with him the last two seasons. I imagine he's already learned a lot from Robert Quinn 
And this is a guy that won the Brian Piccolo Award last year with the Bears, very respected um, in that locker room, and obviously brought the production last year too. But if you're trying to get – if you're banking on Travis Gibson already to help fill, fill the void of Khalil Mack not being on his team anymore and potentially Robert Quinn either not being healthy or not being on his team later on too – I would try to maximize whatever time I could still get of him learning from him. And so that's sort of one of the downsides of Quinn not being at OTAs and in the voluntary portion minicamp. Um, but if he's there next week and willing, willing to be in the building for training camp and all that, uh, then I think that that's still a plus that you don't necessarily need to be in a rush to trade him. I agree. And like what the influence you can have, like in a Dominique Robinson too, someone who's still learning the defensive end position, like that's where Quinn becomes really valuable. But kind of going back to how this discussion started, it's like if you have Gibson on one side, Quinn on the other, I think it's natural for an offense to think, well, we saw what Quinn did last season until he proves us wrong that he's not capable of getting 18 and a half sacks. We need to put help that way. Now that kind of shores up Gibson to maybe get a one-on-one, a true one-on-one. And let's see if he can beat our right tackle or wherever they position the guys. So, yeah, I think the best version of this defensive line for 2022 will have Robert Quinn be a part of it because of the rotation it provides. And it doesn't put so much on Travis Gibson and also an Alquan D. Muhammad to to be those guys in, in this season. Yeah, well, hey, so um, we always like to end these Friday shows with uh, some fun and I don't know. I dubbed this happy hour Friday earlier. I only have coffee though right now. So like a couple weeks ago, we had giant bottles of bourbon. I don't know where those went. We, you got the energy. So, you're you're ready to go. So. You know, I so we'll. I, what I was gonna say is we'll take questions on anything. There's already one question in the comments. I definitely want to address. It has nothing to do with sports, but it's a very important life question that we will discuss momentarily. Um, I'm full on. Well, I'll save this in a second. But first. If you enjoy CHGO, and we know you do, you're here, a lot of you here every day, we appreciate you. Nick, do you know the way to help us continue to grow? Not the muscles in your wrist. We know you work out. You talk about it every day. What you do is you download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up, and you're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000 just for making a $50 more first-time deposit, and you'll get a free CHGO membership, which is worth the price alone and unlocks all of your all of our web content. Maybe yours too. I don't know. But it unlocks our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll make sure that Will, when he gets back from Hawaii, uh, responds personally to all of those emails. You can just email pointsbet at allchgo.com and ask Will how Maui is. That's true. And ask him if he's ever coming home because right now we don't know. Online sign-up is available in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, let's bring up the comment from Nick, if we can, um, who is asked, not Nick Moriano. We have a commenter named Nick in there. Uh, he asks, what time on a Friday am I allowed to respond to an email saying, quote, let's circle back on Monday to discuss? I think this is a great question. It's an important question. Uh, I am. I'm going to say. When this show starts at 1 p.m. on a Friday, you're good to go. One, you know, like that. 1 p.m. You're already halfway through your Friday. You got a lot to get, you know, you got a lot to get done before the end of the day. You're crunching, you know, you're, you're not sitting at your computer watching the CHGO Bears podcast, right? You're not doing that. Um, by the time this show starts, you, you could circle back on Monday. That's that's my ruling on the situation, and it's the only ruling that matters. No, that's I I like that. That's definitely see on Fridays too, and if it's not 
extremely urgent. Man, it, you know, it's all right. It's all right to put your, your work aside and kind of get into the weekend, you know, decompress after a long week of work. And you have to see if Bears podcast is on live. Like, you have better, you have more uh, urgent priorities, I would say. Yeah, I just think that's an important. Any other random questions we'll, uh, we can address here before we get out of here, too, whether they have to do with the Bears or not. I am full on uh, in baseball dad mode this weekend. Okay. How many? Uh... Well, because, you know, we're still at the level where, although you technically, once the games start, you're, you got two games a week and then practice. So that's three out of seven days. That starts to add up. Mm-hmm. But we've had so many rainouts that now we have two makeup games this weekend too. So I've I've heard these stories from the dads who have older kids, right? That uh play on these travel baseball teams and it's just like nonstop. We have four games this weekend in four days. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. You are you're gonna be man, you have all that. And then next week you got Bears mini camp, and then you also have, you know, two days like you were saying with Carmel. So man, you are you have it uh you have a full schedule ahead of you. Yeah, we got to keep resting the wrist. No yep. pitching, no pitching this weekend. Uh, we're actually at the point where the kids start to pitch. It is interesting. Oh, I bet. Uh, how far? I mean, how far are they from the like? What's the distance that they even have to throw the ball? Like, even that, uh, it's like it's forty something feet. I I forget the exact distance, but yeah, still, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, some of the kids can. The kids who can get it there relatively easily are all over the map, obviously. Yeah, and then the ones who, the ones who maybe can't quite get it there are actually probably more accurate. Right. But the ball's <laughs> bouncing in. And so it's, um, you know, it's fun. a few pitches and then the coach comes out there and make sure the kid has the opportunity to hit. And it's as far as I'm concerned, as long as the kids are all getting better and having fun, fun, that's all that matters. Um, I agree. Yeah. But we're also at that fringe point where you can tell, Certain coaches and certain kid, um, not even kids, parents are starting to get a little, little too serious about it. We're not Those even are, keeping score yet, guys. I mean, yeah. but they are. I'm like, yeah, but not officially. There's no winners and losers. I feel uh, like you see so much more videos now of like crazy parents going viral over, you know, a little league game, don't agree with a, a certain call. And it's like, come on, man. Like, this is kids playing yeah. baseball i get it some calls are not going to be made in your favor but it's, it's all calm down here it's all nope. fun in the game no man asked why are the nachos so good at kids games yeah like when you go to those travel tournaments and they got the concessions like you're right i think it's because they you know they just get like the most times it's the really good circle mm-hmm. um tortilla chips yep put some and, jalapenos on there yeah and then you know I don't know what's in that nacho cheese that just comes out of the dispenser, but it's usually pretty good. It always is, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to know what's in it. Yeah, honestly, if we go please through don't, please don't tell ingredients, me. probably won't like it anymore. But you know, we'll break down athletic greens for you yes. and go through all those ingredients. They put them down in the sheet for you. Like, I could tell you right now that um, what do we got in here? We got... It's a small micro habit with big benefits. You know, they break this thing down for you. Wait, We're not going to do that with down. the nacho cheese for you, though. Yeah. Don't want to know what's in it. Tastes good. We'll leave it at that. Uh, a couple of Bears questions to close thing out. I know we had it up earlier, but Miller asked, what are the Bears going to do with the $22 million? I assume that means the cap space that they have. I don't know. Keep, don't forget that it, it rolls over. So it's nice to have. And I think the Bears are actually like top five in cap space right now in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have a need, you know, guys are going to get hurt. Some of the guys, Defensive you're hoping end. To tell yeah. Defensive end could be a need after Robert Quinn, whatever happens with him. Let's be completely honest there. That could be a, a need wide receiver. Like you're throwing out some positions right now. Looking at those two. Yeah. So, I mean, you still have the space to use it or if you don't, it rolls over and then you have even more next year. Um, which they're gonna have a ton next year. So I my guess was is the majority of that gets rolled over. Yeah. But they're probably still gonna bring in some a few players here and there. 
And um, the good thing, too, is if they do have to make a, I don't want to say a big splash, but go after somebody as a need, it's going to cost a little bit more. They won't, they, they won't necessarily be forced to do all those dummy years and push more money into the future. They, with that cap space, could theoretically be like, you know what, we're going to use 10 million of it on this guy right here. So rainy day funds, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, For this team right now, not a bad idea. Uh, one more two. Should the Bears try to make a trade for DK this season or just wait until next year to add a solid wide receiver? This keeps coming up. I feel like it's, it's extremely fan-driven, and for good reason, DK Metcalf's a fun, good, big wide receiver that the Bears don't have, so I totally understand it, but I, I just... Based on the moves this offseason, it just doesn't seem like um, the type Realistic of Realistic thing, yeah. But you do wonder, like, if the plan is to start spending right away next year, um, DK Metcalf does potentially fit as somebody who is not just a short-term weapon for your young quarterback who's developing to throw the football to, but also solves a long-term problem if you can get him signed, too. Like, he's a known commodity. I, w- I guess what I'm saying is I understand why fans keep throwing DK's name out there. I actually do agree that he is a good fit for this team. The problem is I don't think this team, and I don't think Ryan Poles is going to be in the mood or mode of trading a bunch of draft capital. And I think, too, and like all the moves that they've made so far, the exact opposite of what they would be doing if they went to go get a DK Metcalf, right? I don't know if you saw this, Adam, but did you see the video of him and what he eats? Like, what's a part of his diet? And DK no. Metcalf is ripped and huge and just a, you know, superhuman. Well, I'll never, forget he- the, never forget the video of him running down Buda Baker. Oh, that was from behind nuts. after the after the interception. I mean, yeah, that was just nuts. that shows you just the pure track speed and how good he is. Yeah, here's what he eats. Uh, according to him, he's like, uh, he eats three bags of candy, drinks one coffee, and only eats one full meal per day. That's his diet. Three three bags of candy. I think he likes lifesavers and some other stuff, a cup of coffee, and then a full one full meal. Well, depending mm-hmm. on what type of candy it is specifically. Does that fall in the keto friendly candy? I don't. I don't care what it is. Anybody else who does that is not going to look like DK Metcalf. Obviously, well, he works but I'm out just saying that kind of sounds like a keto diet where you're not. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you're, where you're candy? like really just carbo carb loading like in one big frenzy, and then the rest of the day, you you know you're using your own body to eat away at the fat. It's, I just right, don't know try. where the candy. I don't know what kind of candy it is and where that fits into it. Man, I wish I could. You're the one who see. works out. You should be the one to tell me this. I, I, I could actually oh, hop here in go. here, guys. So yes. there is there is a benefit to eating certain kinds of candy after a workout. Uh, Boom. I know gummy bears are one of them, and Lifesavers are similar, you know, kind of chewy texture. Might be one of them as well. It causes a glycogen release in your body, which helps in protein synthesis. Whoa. So there's your Steve, science for the day here. Steven is officially Steven? the smartest person on the show. <laughs> Have uh have you guys heard of the uh this is going a completely different direction, but we're talking about candy. The drawbacks of sugar free gummy bears. Does anybody know? Anybody in the comments? Just okay. Of what just you guys the sugar free version? Just the sugar free version. What you guys should do, not not now, or maybe now. Sounds go broke. look up. Nope. Oh, there's some it. bad, bad yeah, uh, you should just the reviews of people eating a whole bag of sugar free Haribo gummy bears. What happens to those poor souls that have ventured on that that journey? It is it is something. But what's the point I, of eating sugar free candy? I don't know. The I whole don't know, point of candy they, is to eat candy. The Haribo gummy bears are the ones that I know for a fact have the glycogen that causes the the glycogen release in them. So those are go those are the good gummy ones. Bears. Well, I actually great. used to do this. I used to do this. I used to eat the gummy bears after workouts. Not a month, not a lot. It's like four or five. That's all you need. But it is. So I don't eat a lot of sweets, but my go tos 
since I dominated the 80s movie draft yesterday, we might as well do this right away. Uh, I'll just rank. So Skittles are at the top. I always have a bag of Skittles in a jar at the house, and I'll just, you know, literally sneak away like two a day. I'm I'm, I'm serious. And and then usually mixed in there in the same jar, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, that sounds like a great combination. And then I'd probably put Gummy Bears third. Okay. And uh, Dark Onyx is is on onto uh, what I was kind of bubble guts. Yep, sounds like That's another good happened. candy. No, no, <laughs> no, no. But there's your candy update, and thank you for Stephen for um, just dropping the knowledge on how to all get fit by eating candy. Love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Appreciate it. It's been a fun week of shows. We will be back next week. It's going to be a fun busy crazy week um on top of it nick we're having the floors redone in my house i don't even know if i'm going to be able to get access to my office so i might be coming to you from random places okay which could be that's, fun we could do like a guess fun. guess where hogue is every day where's adam where yeah where's we're, we'll, we'll figure something out because as of right now i don't know where i'm doing the show from the three days we have mini camp this will be fun. We'll this figure keep it out. us on our toes. Yes. Love it. I love it. Uh, and we'll find out if Will's ever coming back. We have no idea. But uh, where we'll in the world is Will? Yeah. Where is Will? Where is Adam? And I'll be here. Yeah, we know where you'll be. Um, and I will see you at House Hall next week. I will also see you Monday in studio. We will have a normal 1 p.m. show on Monday right here on the CHGO YouTube channel or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if that's how you're consuming it, we appreciate you. Please rate and review the pod. Uh, help us out by doing that. Helps It helps spread the word. And more importantly, as I like to say, just text a friend. Hey, say, hey, look, these guys are doing a show. I enjoy it. You're a Bears fan. Check it out. And we appreciate you doing that. Word of mouth is key. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notifications. Next week's a good week to have those notifications going. And uh, enjoy your weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you Monday, 1 p.m.